proclaiming the gospel to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Shalom and welcome to the Everlasting Nation, a radio ministry of International Board of Jewish Missions. This is Mark Oshman with the International Board of Jewish Missions, bringing you another radio Bible study. As we continue our series about the angel of the Lord, we look upon this messenger as an agent of divine judgment. Sometimes the angel of the Lord acted as God's instrument for executing judgment upon others. Since such an action rightly belongs only to God, this delegation of power implied that the angel of the Lord also possessed divine attributes on some occasions. First Chronicles chapter 21 recorded an incident in which David had sinned against God by other a numbering of the Israelites, apart from God's direction for him to do so. A prophet came to David and in the name of the Lord gave that king three options. David could experience three years of famine, three months of flight before his enemies, or three days of pestilence. David selected the latter punishment. God sent the pestilence upon Israel. The author of that chapter, First Chronicles 21, noted how David lifted up his eyes, quote, and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem, unquote. The writer also remarked about how David feared going before the altar. Why? Quote, because of the sword of the angel of the Lord, unquote. The description provided of this fearsome entity has similarities with John's account in Revelation chapter 19, when that apostle referred to Jesus Christ's second coming, noting that, quote, out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, unquote. The writer of Psalm 35 also referred to the dread which the angel of the Lord could produce among men. With reference to his enemies, the author stated, quote, Let them be as chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them, unquote. He thereby depicted the angel of the Lord as a minister of God's vengeance pursuing those who set themselves against God. Chapters 36-38 through 38 in the book of Isaiah allude to an Assyrian siege of Jerusalem at that time. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, sent King Hezekiah of Judah a letter demanding that monarch surrender. In that missive, the Assyrian king implied that God had no more power to deliver his people from danger than did the idols worshipped by Israel's neighbors. When confronted with such opposition, King Hezekiah applied to God for aid. Unlike his father, King Ahaz, who had faced an analogous situation, God replied to him that, quote, I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake, unquote. Isaiah recorded that, quote, the angel of the Lord went forth, and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. Unquote. As a result, King Sennacherib of Assyria raised the siege of Jerusalem and returned to his homeland. If the angel of the Lord did indeed represent the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, 
that circumstance would explain the source of his power. However, not all appearances of the angel of the Lord necessarily denoted the second person of the Trinity, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. In our next session, our final session, we will examine instances in which the angel of the Lord did not seem to display the attributes of deity, where the angel of the Lord was someone other than the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. This is Mark Oshman with the International Board of Jewish Missions, bringing you another Radio Bible program. You've been listening to The Everlasting Nation, a ministry of International Board of Jewish Missions. For more information, you can contact us at 423-876-8150 or go online to ibjm.org. Until next time, may God bless and shalom. Shalom.